So we're preaching a series called Open Doors. I'm just going to share a few things. <laughs> Shut the door. That was last week. That's good. Shut the door. You're responsible. Keep out the devil. Shut the door. Keep the devil in the night. Shut the door. The door. Keep out. Oh. That's, that's like at the Oscars when they start playing music. They took it off. Maybe if I take it off, he'll be quiet now. Last week we shut some doors. Today we're going to open some doors. The first week we guarded the doors. We told you that you have to be careful, and I want to remind you again, to guard the doors of your heart, which is your eyes and your ears. What are you reading on social media? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Who is your pastor? Because whoever is speaking the most into your life is your spiritual father or mother right now. Hmm? Are you listening to preaching in your ears or are you listening to mess in your ears right now? Well, last week we shut the doors to some things that we had opened. And today, for the next few minutes, I'm going to open some doors to let the Holy Ghost do what he wants to do. Today, somebody say today, is the day of Pentecost. Now, for a Pentecostal believer, every day is the day of Pentecost because we are Pentecostal, meaning we believe in what happened in the, on the day of Pentecost is alive and well in our lives every day. Over 2,000 years later, there's still fire on the top of my head right now. Y'all might not be able to see it, but if the Holy Ghost, if the Lord wants to open your eyes to see the spirit realm, you'd see a fire sitting on top of my head right now. Because I know, I'm not trying to say I'm any better than you. I just know that I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm full of the power of God. You need to know that about yourself. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear church. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, give the Lord a praise for your birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Look at your neighbor and tell him happy birthday. Because today is the day that we celebrate the birthday of the church. Today is the day we remember when the doors of the church were swung wide open. Today is the day that 120 simple people in a simple room experienced the breath of God. Today is the day that simple people in a simple room that were not really known by most people and of the 120, over 100, we have no idea who they even were, but they were there and on, their, on them, God put a level of his anointing that no humans had ever ex experienced because it was the first time in the history of, of anybody knowing anything about God in the history of humanity that God didn't just come on someone. Jesus on the cross gave us the ability for the Holy Spirit to come in us and at, the, at, at Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, he let his Holy Spirit come on us. I'm telling you, the same thing that happened to Jesus in the river when he went down in the water which was symbolic of salvation 
when he came up out of the water, the dove, Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, lit upon him, and you heard the Lord say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was illustrating to us his perfect desire for us is to come through repentance, go through baptism, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Are you thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost? Give him a shout of praise. See, in the Old Testament, God would only come on a prophet or a few other people, and then he would come off of him. Even the high priest, which was considered to be the holiest of all people, only felt the Holy Ghost come upon him at certain times and at certain feasts. At Passover, when he would take the blood of the lamb and take a hyssop branch and dip into that blood, he would be dressed in the garb of a high priest. He would be shaking and trembling under the, under the, the magnitude of the moment. What was he what was he overwhelmed by? Because he knew that in just a matter of moments, he would walk through the outer court. He would walk through the inner court. He would go into inside the curtain of the inner court. He would walk past the laver. He would walk past the altar. He would walk past the table of showbread. He would walk past the menorah, the candlestick. All of them teaching in symbolic of ways that we go to God. In the Old Testament teaching us of how it would be a available to us one day and every step that he took every uh, piece of furniture that he passed reminded him of the holiness of the moment but nothing could compare to when he walked right past the table of showbread and another curtain much like this giant curtain here was standing before him he realized that on the other side of that curtain was another curtain. And there was a void in between two curtains. And the Bible says that the fabric was as thick as the span of a man's hand. The fabric was this thick. It was the thickest fabric you could imagine. There was a, there was a curtain, and then there was a curtain behind the curtain. Why? Because the priest was being taught that no natural light, no man-made light would be able to share the glory with the Holy Ghost. So when you pulled back the first court curtain, even though the light of the natural world and the sun had been blocked out from going from the outer to the inner court, in the inner court, there was still a light in there. It was a light burning from the, from the menorah, the, from the candles. So when he pulled it back, if he had not had another curtain to block that, the light that was made by man, that had lit, been lit by man, would have penetrated to the glory. But God said, I'll share my glory with no one. Is anybody still alive? So he made and pull that curtain back and this man can you imagine once a year this only happened once a year at Passover he would have to stand he would have to look over his shoulder and make sure that he waited till there was no movement on the first curtain looked over his left, looked over his right. Curtain to curtain, drugged the ground, making sure that no light came in. He's standing in pitch black darkness. There's another curtain in front of him. He can feel on his garment and on his foot something wet. Blood is dripping. Praise God, are you hearing me? Blood is dripping from a hyssop branch that he has in his hand. He's, it's so dark he can't see the, his hand in front of his face. He knows that when he pulls back the next curtain, there's something sitting on the other side of it 
called the Ark of the Covenant, sitting on top of the Ark of the Covenant, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, sitting on top of the Ark of the Covenant is golden angels that wings are touching. And when they touch on the top of that Ark of the Covenant, it's known as the mercy seat. And why is it known as the mercy seat? Because where God sits down, there is mercy. It was the seat of God. Praise God. It's been sitting in that, in that, behind that curtain for a year, waiting on a moment, waiting on a man that was faithful, that was holy, that had done everything he's supposed to do, that was not touched by the by even the people that he loved. Well, he's trembling. He's trembling. He looks down at his foot. He looks down at his on his right leg, and there's a golden rope tied. And he looks back over, and the rope goes out from under the first curtain. It actually goes all the way out of the outer of the inner court and goes out into the outer court. He tugs one just a little bit just to make sure that everything's good and the, and the rope is tight. Why? Because he knows that on the other end of that golden rope standing outside are the Levite priests holding that rope. He looks around the bottom of his, of his robe and he, he shakes a little bit. Why? Because on the bottom of his robe uh, sewn into his robe were bells and those bells made noise and as long as he was making noise the Levites knew that he was still alive. So, but they, if they heard a long period of time where there were no bells, they knew that the glory of God had struck the priest dead and they were not permitted to go in or they would be killed too. So they knew the only way they could get him out is they had to pull him out by the rope. Are y'all hearing me? Do you see all the stuff you had to do just to have a moment with God? Everybody in the whole entire country Ain't not one of them have access to even do this. They're hoping and praying and putting all their faith in one man that he, that he had lived right, that he had, he had killed the right lamb, that he had said the right things because what he was doing is he was going in to confess the sins on behalf of an entire nation. He's standing there trembling, shaking the bells, making sure they know he's still alive, standing there knowing that in a mere, in a mere moment, He's either about to encounter something that no other human being on the earth can encounter or he's about to be dead. He's playing things through his mind. Oh, when's the last time somebody touched me? When's the last time? Oh, he, he's, did, this, did, I, did I bathe correctly? Did I dip correctly? Did I wash my hands enough times? He's going through all these things in his mind until finally he just says, well, you know what? I'm just going to have to just believe that I did it. And he pulls the curtain back and he steps in. What does he step into? He steps into a room. That in the middle of that room is the Ark of the Covenant that had been carried through the wilderness. That had the, the Ten Commandments. He carried the Ten Commandments. It carried the rod that budded. Are y'all hearing me? It's the holiest piece of furniture to ever exist in the history of humanity. Have you not seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? Come on. That wasn't biblical. Although in the Old Testament, if you weren't supposed to touch it and you touch it, we know that it could kill you because it was the glory of God. And in the Old Testament, no man could see God and live because we were in the sin-cursed state. So he walks in, he's standing in complete darkness. Listen to me. Why am I doing this? Why am I telling you this? Because you can't understand Pentecost until you hear what I'm trying to tell you. So he's standing there. Won't you look at this? 
You are going to understand today why we say the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. He's standing in the midst of darkness. He knows exactly where he's at even though he can't see it because there's no light reflecting off the gold. He knows that a couple of steps in front of him is the mercy seat where God comes down and sits down in the presence of man. He knows the direction because they set the temple up so that the direction would be precise with the compass that he knew the east side of the altar and he was to sprinkle the blood by the commandment of God upon the east side of the altar. So he, took, he takes the blood and he begins to sling that hyssop branch. Can you imagine? Total darkness. Hoping he's hit the right place. As he brings it back, he's feeling the blood slap his face. Total darkness. Now we have the Old Testament that is inspired by God. The New Testament is inspired by God. We also have historical writings. And one of the historical writings is a... Is a a combination of the writings of the Old Testament priests during that time before and after is called the Jewish Talmud. And in the Talmud, they describe what some priests wrote and passed down for generations that they experienced. This is what they said they experienced, standing, sprinkling, and slinging that blood. In total darkness, they would begin to hear a man breathing. Knowing no one is in that room except them. The Levites are outside. There's no other human in there. But, but they would begin to hear. And this is what was described. Now, can you imagine what's going through that priest? He's trembling in total darkness. Reliving everything he did to make sure he did everything right. And he's hearing This is what the priest went on to say. As they begin to sling it and confess the sins, watch what happens. The more they confessed the sins of a nation, the harder the breathing got. The faster and louder it began. Because repentance is like a perfume to God. It will always draw the presence of God in your life. You want to know why we're not experiencing revival in this nation? We no longer preach repentance. We no longer tell people that they're in sin. We no longer tell people that they need a savior. We want to tell them that they're all fine and good and bubble gum, cotton candy. My God, would to God that preachers would stand in the pulpit again and say as a nation, we have sinned. As a church, we have sinned. As a people, we have sinned. As a human being, I have sinned. And thank God, I have access to a savior. The more he slung and the more he repented, the sound of the man breathing went like this. <sighs> getting louder and louder and faster. Why? Why was it getting louder and louder and faster? Because 
If you're on one side of the room, and I ain't got a microphone because everybody can hear me through the microphone, but if you're on one side of the room and I'm just out of shape because I am, I really am, and, and I do a little walking or bending or whatever and I'm breathing a little heavy, I'm just walking to, towards you and I can, you can hear me. But if I take off running towards you and I get excited to see you, by the way, I'm telling you, I'll probably be breathing like this by the time I get to you because I'm out of shape. But by the time I get to you, not only is my, is my, the repetition of my breath getting faster, but it's getting louder because I'm getting closer to you. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. So the priest is standing there slinging the blood, repenting, and he hears whoever this is. It's a voice. It's getting louder. But it's not only getting louder, it's getting faster. And it's getting closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, light would fill the room. Total darkness goes from total darkness into total light. Not the light of the sun, not the light of anything that any man can make, but the glory of God would fill that room. Y'all hearing me? Are y'all alive, church? Don't you remember when Moses stood in the glory of God and then he, it, just for a moment, he just saw the backside of God. He still had to put a veil on his face. Because the glory is tangible. It was emanating from him. It had to die down off of him. Because if they would have even looked at him, even though he's not God, the they were not worthy to stand in the glory. That's why he got that rope on him. Because if he wasn't right, he wasn't walking out. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Now here's what you've got to get. As the Bible tells us in the book of Acts, Pentecostal headquarters. Now you heard everything I just said. Remember what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. For if the blood of bulls and goats would have been sufficient, there would be no need for another covenant. If the first covenant was good enough, he should have just left it alone is what he was trying to say. Why mess up something that's perfect? But here's the thing. The blood of bulls and goats was only a temporary covering. They had to go back and do it all again every year to recover. Y'all ain't hearing me. But watch how this thing all began, y'all. Some of y'all read over stuff and don't even know what you're reading sometimes. Just read right over it. Don't even realize the magnitude of what happens. One of my favorite stories in all of the Bible is when John the Baptist is in the River Jordan baptizing and he looks up and sees his cuz coming down the hill and he makes a proclamation that, that we, we talk and preach about what happened in the water but we forget what he said.
Remember, Hebrews said, for it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins of the world. There had to be another blood, another lamb. And John says this, the very beginning of the acknowledgement of the Messiah, at age 30, Jesus is coming down the mountain. John had seen him all his life because they were cousins. He says, behold, the lamb of God. Oh, listen, you ain't hearing the rest of it. That takes away the sins of the world. In other words, there's blood flowing through that lamb that when it is brought to the altar, it will not just cover the sins of the world. It will give you access to have your sins taken away. Isn't it interesting that the blood was brought by the priest into the Holy of Holies on a piece of wood. The blood was shed for the whole world by the Lamb of God on a piece of wood. Paul said, I care not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Huh? The blood was still on a branch. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He died on that cross and he said what? Three words. It is finished. Three days his body laid in that tomb. On the third day, I want you to listen. You got to listen, y'all. Because you ain't, you're going to finally understand why we love this day. The power of this day. Three days later, the stone was rolled away. Jesus come walking out. Now, now watch this. Remember when Peter and John ran, ran into the tomb? They found his grave clothes in the tomb. Now, if you didn't know the rest of the story, if you didn't understand what I just told you, you would think Jesus walked out naked. But we know he wasn't naked because he walked right past Mary. And when he walked right past her, how many knows she would have probably said something about it if he'd been naked? Or maybe would have never heard the story. But he obviously had clothes on, but his clothes had changed his appearance so much she didn't recognize him. And he said, he walked right past and she didn't even acknowledge it. The man that changed her life drove demons out of her. She loved more than life itself. Didn't even say, oh, what's up, Jesus? Just walked right past her. But then he said her name, Mary. Now, you've got to understand the big picture of what's going on here. We just read these stories and we don't really fully get the depth. God is intentional in everything he does. Every word he says is on purpose. He doesn't waste a moment. So this is not some cute little story. This is a moment that is teaching us of the power of today. Mary. Oh, it's you. She takes off running. He says, stop. Don't touch me. Go back and read your Bible. Don't touch me. 
for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but I am ascending to my Father. Go tell my disciples I am ascending to my Father and I'm coming to see them. What was he dressed like? He was dressed exactly like the priest dressed once a year at Passover. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Because Passover just happened. And at Passover, a lamb has to die. At Passover, a lamb has to shed his blood. You know what? At Passover, a lamb died. At Passover, a lamb shed its blood. At Passover, the blood of a lamb had to be shed by the hands of man. And the hands of man shed the blood of the lamb. I wish I had more time to preach this. See, at Passover when a family would bring their lamb and, and go from, from the country to the city and bring their lamb, they would carry that lamb around their shoulders. And, but before they, they would raise that lamb to be without spot and blemish, and when it was time, they would take a, a piece of copper and they would heat it up and they would stamp the name of that family into that copper tag and they would tie a red thread through that copper tag and they would tie it around the neck of the lamb signifying that that lamb represented the sins of that family name. Are y'all hearing me? And he, and he of, the, of the name of the father of that family. And when they would bring that lamb to the priest and to the Levites to slay, they, they, they would take it off and they would say, this is for the sins of the house of so and so and they would call the name you know why I need to tell you that it's because when Jesus was dying on the cross and shedding his blood as the lamb of God the priest and the religious people looked up and saw the sign that they had tacked on the, on the cross above his head in three different languages that said uh, the, the king of the Jews and, he, and they, they, they looked up at it and they told him to take it down they said why why don't worry about it if, he, if you don't accept him as your king why does why it bother you uh, they they said, just change one thing. Instead of it saying king of the Jews, can you just say, he said he was king of the Jews. But, but you, if you read that, you think it's just, they just wanted to satisfy themselves um, of, 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 of just saying that he just thought he was the king of the Jews. But no, when you understand how they did it in Roman times, they, they would use the Greek letters and they would only have uh, one letter there on it, uh, which was I-N-R-I, Enri. That's why we see, when we see that on some of these other things but but when you look at it in the original hebrew king of the jews means you'd have which is the name of god jehovah so when they looked up so wrapped around the head of the lamb was the name jehovah and the priests couldn't stand it they said if you just put a few more words up there it won't have the name of our father he was literally stamped as the lamb of Jehovah. Don't touch me, Mary, for I've not yet ascended to my father, but I'm going to send you to my father. Go tell my disciples I'm coming. He's dressed in the holy guard. Why? What is going on? Go back and read your Bible. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 9 and 10 tells us powerful things about the blood. It says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It says, the death of the testator begins a new testament. So the new testament began when he said it is finished and died and shed his blood. But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, if the blood of bulls and goats had been enough, 
There would no, not be any need for the blood of the Lamb of God. But the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ himself, took his own blood. Go read your Bible. I'm not making this up. Took his own blood and entered into the holy place once for all mankind. So you see Jesus going into the water at the beginning of his ministry. Not because he sinned, but still doing and teaching us what we do when we come through repentance. We see him come up out of that water. We hear the perfect will of God is not spoken when he goes in the water, but it's God speaks over his son when the dove lights upon him and says, I'm well pleased with this. In other words, I want you to do what just happened to him. This pleases me. So for 40 days, he shows himself alive. He's not worried about people touching him. Why? Because he's already done the act of priest. Are y'all hearing me? The blood is there. And you know what? You know why blood dries up and clots? It's because of death. It's because of the curse. There is no curse and there is no death in heaven. Therefore, there is no decay of the blood in heaven. So if you were to go to the Ark of the Covenant that's sitting up in the temple of God right now and look on the east side of the altar, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. The blood is as fresh today as it was over 2,000 years ago. I feel that Pentecostal jerk coming on me. I'm hurrying. So for the next 40 days, what does Jesus talk about? He talks about the kingdom. He talks about what you need to be focused on. He breaks down the kingdom. Look at the pattern. Water baptism. Beginning of the ministry. Preaching kingdom. Dies on the cross. Sheds his blood. Enters into heaven with his own blood for our sins comes back and for 40 days now in glorified resurrected form shows himself by many infallible proofs. Why? Because at the core of everything we believe and everything we stand on is the power of the resurrection. It had to be solidified and, and, and people, there had to be no doubt of the early generation that he was alive because without the resurrection we don't have the power. So he made sure for 40 days there was no doubt that he was alive. I'll get to my notes eventually. And this is what he says after the Great Commission, going to all the world, preach the gospel, tells them to cast out devils, lay hands upon the sick. One of his last things he says before his feet lift up and he disappears into the clouds is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Because he tells them to go into Jerusalem and stay there till you shall receive the promise of the Father. What does he say? But you shall receive power. Somebody shout power. When the Holy Spirit has come. Say it. How many of us when you are born again the Holy Spirit comes in you? 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Semicolon. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. In other words, the power of God comes on you to be a witness. Not just, listen, first and foremost, to share your faith and encourage people to, to give their hearts to God and win them to Christ, of course. But part of being a witness is to demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Hmm? If any is sick among you, call for the elders of the church and pray for them. Demonstrate that God is still healing. So 500 men minimum plus women and children heard that command and he ascended up to heaven, disappeared. There's been estimates of 1,500 up to 2,000 people. Some have said 700, 800 people. Don't matter. Because in one week, the number got down to 120. 120. Oh, which by the way, the same number of priests that dedicated the temple of Solomon. That, that The Bible says there was 120 priests. It specifically says 120 priests blowing the trumpets and praising God in the temple. And when the 120, when it was time, the Bible says they started falling out of the power of God and they could not stand by reason of the cloud that came into that, which the word reason is the word paneum, which means the face of God. And it brought the face of God down in the midst of 120 in the Old Testament. So it's just my opinion. It's my opinion that it was probably going to be 120 anyway. It's just my opinion. When the 120, 121st person, I, I, I hope they still made it to heaven. But can you imagine being that dude or that lady when they finally made it to heaven and, and people were like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Oh, it finally fell when you left. I'm glad you made it to heaven, but... Uh, Man, soon as you left, the Holy Ghost just, I mean, fire on people's heads. It was, you missed it, dude. Acts chapter 2, Pentecostal headquarters. Remembering everything I just told you about the upper, I mean, with the Holy of Holies. Okay, you still remember that? Surely your memory is that good. Mine's pretty bad, but can y'all remember 20 minutes ago? Okay. Now watch this. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 50 days from Passover, they were all in one accord. I could do a funny dad joke right there about a Honda Accord, but I'm not going to. They were all in one accord. Now wait a minute. Watching a Zoom meeting. They were all in one accord. Talking to each other in emojis. Look, I'm not being critical. I'm not being critical because we have done that as well. 
I'm just trying to tell you from the very beginning, it was God, it has always been God's will for us to gather together. Huh? There's something powerful about when we gather together. You take your time, and who knows how long it's going to be before the church seems to be back to some type of normalcy in general. But we're going to get back there because that's God's will. Okay? In one accord in one place. Suddenly. Somebody shout suddenly. Oh, my God, I'm so glad that I serve a suddenly God. What that means is everything can be going one way and then immediately go the next, the opposite direction. How many knows America needs a suddenly moment? Suddenly there came a sound from where? Wait a minute, wait a minute, let's read it. And suddenly, out of nowhere, there came a sound from where? What did it sound like? A rushing mighty wind. When you look up that word wind, it means breath. As of a rushing Breathing. <laughs> but it didn't come from the street, y'all. It didn't come from the church building. It didn't come from somebody in that room. There came a sound of a rushing, heavy breathing coming out of heaven. Did Jesus not say, tarry ye in Jerusalem? till you shall receive the promise of the Father. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. In other words, what's coming ain't coming from, from underneath us. It ain't coming from across us. What I'm telling you that's coming is coming from above us. It's the glory of God that's on me. It's on my Father. It's our breath. It's the Holy Spirit of God. There came a sound mm, of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. In other words, they're sitting there praising God. They're tarrying. They're praising God. They're repenting. They're, they're talking to God. And all of a sudden, everybody at the same time looks up. And they look around and say, who left the window open? Because they hear something go. And let me talk. I ain't trying to hop y'all up. I'm just trying to tell you facts. Did anybody watch? Did anybody watch the rocket ship go up yesterday? Did anybody see it live or the replay? Been a long time since on American soil we sent a rocket ship up. They're up there somewhere. I don't know where they. But here's the thing: when they come back through, no matter how advanced the technology is, when you come through one atmosphere into the other, from the from the cosmos, oh, from one heaven into our atmosphere, and you penetrate our atmosphere, you know what happens to that to that vehicle? You know what happens to what? Whatever's coming through, it catches fire. Praise God. So as the sound from heaven came, I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost came from his world to our world, he caught on fire. My God. And it just hit that room and blew up like a meteor. And my God spread all over the house. And there was... Huh? I'm Pentecostal, y'all. I got fire on my head. It's still burning, y'all. When God lights a fire, it don't burn out. I 
said it a few weeks ago. I'm going to say it again. You can't quarantine the Great Commission and you can't quarantine Pentecost. You can't quarantine the Holy Ghost. You can't, you can't social distance the Holy Ghost. You might be able to social distance us, but you can't stop the Holy Ghost. He can walk through walls. He can penetrate hearts. The Holy, you can't stop the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost couldn't wait to get here. He was running. I know I'm, I'm just using figurative speech there. He don't need to run. But you see how God's intentional. Acts chapter 2 followed exactly, exactly the order of the Old Testament. But on a greater scale. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, but rather to fulfill the law. He said, he said, no, the law said you got to have a lamb. You still need one. I just became the lamb. The law said you're supposed to have a priest. You still need one. I just became the priest. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. The law said you needed a temple. You still do. I just made you the temple. Then what, put that scripture back up there. Verse 3. Acts 2, verse 3. Acts 2, verse 3. Says this. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon, how many? Each of them. Now, now I'm, I'm closing. I ain't even preached my sermon today. But you got to understand, there's, God's intentional, remember? You don't waste words, you don't waste a moment. It could have been just as powerful to say there appeared tongues of fire. But divided tongues of fire is very important because when someone has a divided tongue in the natural, it's hard to understand them when they're talking. In fact, they can even be, many of them, if it's a severe case, can be speaking in your language, but it's an unknown language to you. You can't understand it. They may have to write something down. Or they may have to sign it to you if they have a problem with their tongue. So divided tongue is a, tongues of fire, and it's set upon each of them, means, theologically means, that this, this split tongue means there was a language that came out of them that no man could understand. Huh? It's called speaking in tongues. everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages and other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Can I tell you something that's so, that's so amazing to me? All 11 of the 12 disciples that walked with Jesus were in that room. One, he was replaced but you know who else was in that room? And, he, and this person is listed and named in your Bible. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus. The one that found favor above all women with God. Who was moved upon as a virgin and never touched by man. And the greatest miracle this world's ever seen. 
a child was conceived in her womb with no man touching her. But the Bible says she was one of the 120. And you want to tell me? Yeah, you know. If it happens, it happens. I don't really need it. My name's in the book of life, so I'm good. Well, technically, yeah. If your name's in the book of life, you're good. But I'm telling you, there ain't nobody, nobody had a relationship with Jesus like Mary. But Mary knew, I need this too in my life. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, sought the power of the Holy Ghost, shouldn't you? Shouldn't the church be preaching this on more days than Pentecost? How about this? This is what's sad. All over the world, the majority of the churches are not Pentecostal, and this is Pentecost Sunday, and most of them ain't even talking about Pentecost on Pentecost Sunday because they're scared of it. Quit being scared of it. Ain't nothing to be scared of. I had a really good sermon. I worked hard on it. Thanks, Holy Ghost. Come on, can we tell the Holy Ghost thank you? I'm not going to preach it, but I, but I am going to tell you. And I will preach it next Sunday unless the Holy Ghost messes me up again. That one of the doors that we need to open because think about it, at the core of what happened when the suddenly moment happened. When did the suddenly moment happen? The suddenly moment happened when they got in one mind and one accord. So we know that Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And it goes on to describe it. But then it says, For there, somebody say there. Unity, there the Lord will command the blessing." So it's always been the case. When the body of Christ is unified, God does amazing things. But when the body of Christ is, is disjointed and broken up and at each other's throats, it's an open door to the devil. So if we want to see God move, we got to get together, y'all. We got to break down this spirit of division in this body of Christ. Because let me tell you, the world is really just reflecting the church. We say the church is reflecting the world. No, if the church was where the church needed to be, we would not be seeing the things that we're seeing out there in the earth. Come on. Let's just tell the truth. Well, no, I'll preach that next week. If you're here today and you, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Watching online, sorry I hadn't talked to you that much under the anointing, I, but you, I've been mindful of you. I know you're just as much a part of this service as anyone else that's in this building. We appreciate you for hanging on, listening to this crazy, long-winded preacher. We love you. If you're watching online or in this building, and there's some things going on in your life, sin in your life, you know, who, you know what it is, and you know that, you know that it's sin. 
you need to deal with it. Because if you're here and you're breathing and you're in this moment, why not be used by God? Why not just go ahead and cry out and say, God, I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just deal with the same things over and over again. I want to be used by God. A lot of times that comes from repentance. So if you're here today and you've got some things you need to repent, here's how you do it. From your heart, speak these words. Your brothers and sisters will help you by speaking them as well. All together, church, let's say it and let's mean it. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I admit I have sin in my life. Jesus, I acknowledge you and you alone died on the cross for my sins. So Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of every sin this day forward I live for you and for you alone in Jesus name Amen can we give God the praise